Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. All aboard for Dometic. From first-time campers to hardcore outdoor adventurers and everything in between, no matter your experience level, Dometic. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Our special guest this morning is our Real Adventures regular, Gwaine Blake. Good morning, Gwaine. Morning, guys. How are you? Gwaine, the fishing has been, well, you're safe to say, red hot, and you've been doing your fair bit of work. You obviously run your guide service that, for those who don't know, you can contact Gwaine. I'll let him throw his number because I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not much of a creep, Gwaine. But you have your social media accounts, Gwaine Blake Professional Services, where he goes on your boat and takes you out and teaches you how to do the right things to catch yourself, well, whatever you want to catch, Pat. And he also owns Salt Guide with myself, so he's he's not too much of a stranger. We can be a little bit rude well Gwaine, can't we? What's your mobile number, Gwaine? Throw it out there so people can give you a call if they are after a guide? Uh, 0417 There you go. So at the moment, Gwaine, we're seeing some great photos. You, you yourself have been uh, responsible for a few. Some incredible kingfish catches, some really nice gummy sharks. But for people um, that don't necessarily have the time to put out big hours on the water, what's the thing that's worth chasing above all else at the moment? Well, so at the moment, Pat, we've actually just come off the back of the, the new moon cycle. So we've got some really strong tides in Western Port, which is really good for your whiting. The whiting fishing has been phenomenal for the last month. Um, doesn't matter who I've been going out with, we've been getting a bag of fish. So, you know, you go out with two people, we get 60. If we go out with three people, you know, plus myself, we're getting 80 fish. So there's lots and lots of whiting in the port. A um, couple of other things the kids might enjoy is even just catching the bait fish that we use to go target the, the uh, gummy sharks. So there's pl- plenty of slimy mackerel and cow and young and yakkers as well in the port. But plenty to do is just about put, finding a bit of time to get out there and give it a good crack. So when you go out with people chasing whiting, uh, what, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make or have these preconceived ideas about how you should fish for them? Um, probably the biggest one I would say is guys still using monofilament line instead of braid. That would be the biggest thing that would make me outfish them, you know, 20 to 1. Um, a lot of guys are still struggling with their anchor systems. So that's something we're actually going to film this week for Salt Guide and try and get people to set up properly. You know, whiting fishing in Western Port, we're only fishing in 7 to 9 metres generally and some of these guys are still struggling and their anchors are dragging because the chains aren't long enough or the anchor's too small. But that's a really important thing. And then um, probably the most critical one is burling, getting a, getting a good burly going as well. So but also, Gwaine, just to elaborate, 
on the burly a bit more because uh, I do it a bit, but I want to hear you say it because I do it on the show. People sick of my voice. What? Um, yeah. I'm glad you cut him <laughs> off. Then. Thanks. No, I want to know. I want him to go about the importance of having the burly in the right spot, not about having yeah. not and the right style of burly cage. Yeah. So we've got we use a heavy um, steel mesh burly cage. I actually add the you can buy these little lead discs, and I add two lead discs to that as well that go inside the burly cage get the right weight i'm only using four mil of rope so that the actual rope doesn't drag in the tide because then if you've got a thicker rope that will actually catch the current and pull the burly bucket off the bottom it needs to be hard down on the bottom but not laying down i like it so it's just bouncing up and down on the bottom so if you're fishing a run in tide you can actually have to let a little bit of line out every half an hour because the tide we've got three meters of tide will actually end up being off the bottom again um you need to check it every sort of 15 to 20 minutes because all the pieces of burley get clogged to the outside of the cage and it stops working. So that's another thing. And the most smartest thing you can do is I have them on a fishing handreel and I put the handreel, once I've tied the burley cage off, I put the handreel back on the seat so you don't drive off on it when you go to leave. <laughs> I've lost a few like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, the times is steering wheel, I'll put the handreel on the seat. I fished with a mate during the week, and he goes to me, my, my lid, okay, my top of the lid has been coming off a little bit, and he goes to me, hey, your lid's been coming off your burly cage a bit lately, hasn't it? I said, yeah, as he opened it over the side of the boat and just dropped it in the water of the lid. I wasn't, <laughs> I, I, that was one of those common sense things that we were talking about earlier in the show. This isn't all about you. Sorry, keep going, Gwaine. This is about Gwaine. Now, Gwaine, <laughs> um, from one extreme to the other, so small but beautiful tasting to extremely hard fighting and still beautiful tasting, <laughs> um, Kingfish, Portsea, you fished there the other day. It's not just right for the polo, but you've caught some really nice <laughs> right for the polo. spanking Kingfish. Yeah, we've, we've been really lucky that the, the weather started to settle down now. It's unfortunate for the guys that they're all going back to work with us. Typical of January, you get midway through January and the weather starts to settle back down and we're going to have beautiful January, February and March. Kingfish have come on and uh, there's that many different schools of kingfish now you need to target. And so we, I was fishing down the back of um, sort of Point Lonsdale Ocean Grove in that sort of 10 to 15 metre line. I reckon probably about every 100 metres I'd sound up four or five fish. So it's just about working that line, live baits. Um, Spend a bit of time in it, and unfortunately, great for tackle shops, but unfortunately for most people, when you go kingy fishing, you've <laughs> literally got to take everything and throw everything at them. One day they're going to take jigs or plastics, the next day they're going to take live slimies or live squid and you know, stick bait. So the tackle shops dream, but um, not too much for the wives because we spend way too much money on gear for <laughs> kingfish. So when you but, are setting yeah, plenty up, out there. When you are setting up for that, do you have them all set up in, in rotor holders so when you do come across a school or whatever it might be, you can change from one to the other if if you're not getting any takes or no follows um, yeah. from a school you're so casting you, at? Yeah, so if you look at my boat, it look, when I go out king fishing, I look like an American bass fisherman. Well, I've got one pole for every sort of fish. So, yeah, I've got a stick bait rod that's a longer more supple casting rod. I have you know, a shorter, lighter rod with soft plastics and then I'll have a jig rod ready set up with jigs. Because if you're drifting the rip, for instance, and you've got liveys down, you, you need to jig next to your liveys in the first place because that creates action and brings the fish over to look at your live bait. 
but also when you hook up on the live bait and you make biting it, quite often a few other fish come around and you'll hook them on the jig as well. So the more you've got going in the water, the better with kingfish. They're very inquisitive. They're a lot like cats. They come in, have a look and a play, and then they'll get bored pretty quickly too. So you've got to keep throwing things at them and keep them going. Wayne, just uh, before we do wrap up, uh, one thing that you've—I know you—you've you actually landed a beautiful bronzy a uh, few weeks back. But one thing that you've noticed this year onto other years is, as even they usually get a lot of them, but there's even more bronzy activity in Western Port uh, Bay this year. Uh, setting your plan out just quickly to go target one of them in the bay, what would you be doing? So. I would be going into one of the more shallow, shallower channels or bays. So, for instance, the one I targeted the other week and caught, we fished up over in Coronella side in Tembe Bay. It's a bay that's generally around six metres deep. I went in there. I used two baits. So you fish the bottom and the surface, and I had two burly logs in the water, so one at the surface of the boat and one down at the bottom. The only difference is with your burly case, you need to put a wire trace on it because a big bronze will eat your, your burly case. So you put a wire trace on that. Um, bottom bait was you either use stingray or eel because you want something that the rays won't take because you're using wire traces. And the last thing you want to do is try and get a ray off a wire trace. So uh, rays don't like eel or they won't, eat, they won't eat ray either. And then on the surface under a balloon, we had normally use either salmon or small striped tuna and yeah, there's that many in the port at the moment. Like every time I go gummy fishing, we're hooking one or two. So there's, there's a lot around. There was a good one caught on um, Sunday that went, I think it was 95 kilos. So there's plenty, plenty of action. If something you want to do, it's a bit different. You don't have to go offshore to catch a shark. There's plenty of sharks in the bay and you can easily target them. Gwaine Blake, who is, of course, our professional Fisherman or professional fishing guide, fisherman guide, um, will be joining us every couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us, Gwen. Thanks, guys. Thank Enjoy you, the man. weekend. You too, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. All thanks to McDonald's, Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.